0: Nice to see everyone this morning. Who, um, who hasn't been here in the last couple of weeks? You. I've been here. I've, I've preached here. Obviously, you haven't paid attention. So, can't sleep today, George. All right, anyone hasn't been here in the last couple of weeks? I just want to bring you up to speed. Um, we, we've been dealing with a series called More Than Enough. It's about, it's about money, it's about finances, it's about generosity, it's about how we... How we use what God has given us. And so we'll be landing it today. So, um, so you can take a deep breath. Um, and we're going to start a new series next week. So that's where we are. Um, and, and this week what I would like to do is, is I've written an open letter to my children, to my sons. And I want to read that letter to you. So it's the last series in More Than Enough. So my sons, can you put your hands up, please? I want to see you. It's one there. It's one here. one on that side. Yeah, strategically placed. <laughs> so that I can speak to all of you. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've written an open letter to my, to my children. And I'm going to share it with you. My children. I'm going away for some time. But don't worry, because I'll be returning. As you know, I've inherited a business from my father who entrusted it to me. And he left it to me because I'm the firstborn son. I need to go away, but I'm gonna be leaving this business in your care. And your care, and your care. It has been set up so that you'll be able to live off the business. It has customers, it's got sales, it's got resources. And so it's gonna provide for you in the future. My father created it all, and he's left it to me, and I still own it, but you are going to manage it and run it for me, and you will enjoy all of the benefits that I'm leaving to you. As you know, we have an interior decorating business, which manufactures a range of accessories, And what's quite incredible is that you three have the perfect talents and abilities and gift sets to manage and run my business. It's quite amazing. And so, my children, I want you to consider each other and I want you to consider each other's abilities. I've got one son who's highly creative, and so I'd want him to be the creative head of my business. I have another son that's incredibly scientific in physics and maths and chemistry and so we manufacture and I need someone with the gifts and the abilities to be able to run my manufacturing sector. And then I've got a son who has great financial acumen, super charming, credible salesman, and so I'm going to leave the financial and sales side over to him. And isn't it incredible how I've made you three with these incredible talents and abilities? to manage and run my business. In fact, I've I've actually woven it into your DNA. The perfect match for the perfect business. But for this to work, you have to ensure that you love each other and you work together and serve each other for the good of my business. This is a family business. What a blessing I am as a father, eh? but you must know, my children, that there are certain principles upon which this family business runs. And I need to ensure that you follow these principles, because I will bless you, but I need you to be a blessing to others. Because with great blessing comes great responsibility. And so please realize that you are blessed by me to be a blessing to somebody else in my business. And so I want you to do what I do because you have the mind of me. You have a mind like mine because I've made you, I've created you, I've actually knitted your DNA together. And so there are a few things that I'd like you to take care of for me. If you know me, you'll know my wife normally sits in the front here. She's out of town at the moment. But my children, I need to make sure you take care of my bride. I'm... Overprotective of my wife. I'm highly possessive of her. I love my wife with a burning, passionate, devoted love. She is everything to me. And so I need to make sure that she is well taken care of. You consider her your mother and carer, but she is my bride, and I lay my life down for her. I lay my life down for her safety her well-being, her protection, her security. And my children, you also know the other side of my character. The one is the side where I'm loving, but the other side is the side where you harm my bride. So I'm asking you to make sure that you take care of my bride. And if you don't honor me in that, I'll actually consider it that you're robbing me. And so while you're managing my affairs, you need to make sure that you take responsibility for her while I'm away. Can you do that? And so the very first thing that I want you to do is I want to make sure that the men and women that love my bride and protect her and serve her and look after her spiritual well-being, I want to make sure they get paid by you. I want to make sure that a portion of what you get and draw from my business goes to her well-being. But I'm a fair father. And I know that business goes through incredible highs and incredible lows. So what I'm going to do is, I don't want to set an amount of money for you every month to try and pay it over, because you might go through some highs and lows. And I'm a fair father. So I think the best for you is to take 10% of your salary and make sure it goes towards the well-being of my bride that way it's proportionate because I understand the seasons of life remember I'm giving you the ability and the resources and the management of my affairs to be able to generate this income it's all come from me so don't be stingy with what I give you especially when it comes to my bride and I want you to know something there's a promise if you do this I promise you, I will bless the balance of your income. You have my word. I have promised by myself, and I never go back on my word, even when you do. Secondly, there are people that are really close to my heart. They are very close to my heart, because I grew up under tough conditions, with a single mother, and we often lacked And so I have a heart for the poor and the destitute. And so when you work and generate income from my business, I want you to share it with others. I don't want you to keep every single bit of leftover for yourself. And so how I want you to think of it is like this. If you had a square piece of land that you inherited, and you were going to harvest that square piece of land, and you put a tractor on it with a plow, I want you to work that thing in a circle so that you leave the four corners for somebody else. You don't harvest in sharing with others. So in the same way, make sure that what I provide for you helps other people. Don't keep it all for yourself. That is not the heart of our family business. Even in tough times, even in difficult seasons, even where it is people who have caused harm to themselves through their own actions, I'm calling you to look after the destitute, the needy, and the poor. We can all become conceited and start to love the proceeds of our business when things are good. And we can compare ourselves to others and think we don't have enough when business is tough but I want you to be content with what I've given you. I know what you need. I know when you need it. And I won't leave you in the lurch. It's a promise from me. We can also get into the habit of hoarding. We have too much. We have too much. I've seen your cupboards. Don't store up things that moths and rust can destroy. You know, as they say, you can't take a fenta trailer to heaven, eh? So I want you to give it away. If you have two, give one away. Give one away. Too many shorts, pants, shoes? Give it away to him who has little. We have lots of food in our cupboards. We're in excess. We've got to have a heart that gives it away. And in this way, if you do this, my boys, my children, if you do this, you will honor me, you'll honor my father, and people will want to join our family business. I want you to go one step farther. further. I want you to understand this principle. me, Even though it all belongs to me, I'm going to go one step further. If you give what I give to you, if you give it to someone in need, I'm going to treat it like a loan and I'll repay that loan to you. What an incredible father. What an incredible father. I always repay my debts. I want you to provide like a father. I want you three to be like a father. I want you to give to those who are in distress because I'm fiercely protective over orphans and widows and single mothers. I have compassion on them. It comes from my upbringing. I have compassion on those who don't know what it's like to have a father who loves them or gives them security or provides for them or saves them. And if you want to know what true religion is, if you want to know what true religion is, it's not being good or not swearing or stopping smoking. True religion is when you look after widows and orphans and single mothers. Lastly, my children, I want you to enjoy every single thing that I give you without neglecting looking after people. Enjoy the things I've given you. I'm a good father giving you good gifts. And so enjoy it. As I've blessed you, my children, I want to make sure that you honor me by loving and blessing those who I've appointed. Blessing those in difficulty. You see, if you love me, my children, you'll follow my instructions. And I want to see in your heart that doesn't give out of fear or compulsion, but actually gives out of unbridled joy, by the fact that you've got something you didn't deserve. It's just a gift from me. And so I want you to develop in you a heart that gives from that place. And I will ensure that you are provided for in all times, in all things, in order for you to do good for others. My bride first, and then those in need. And if you honor me, I will see you again, and my reward will be with me. But I want to caution you If you don't honor me in these things, I will call you to account on my return. I love you. Please do as I ask. Yours faithfully, Dad. Fair letter? Is it a fair letter? Jesus taught in parables. He taught in parables. This is my parable. This is my parable to us. It's my parable to me, it's my parable to you, it's my parable to my sons, it's my parable. He taught in parables and what he did is he took a very simple story to explain a biblical truth. And so what he did is he told stories about sowing seeds and farmers and lamps on stands and treasures in fields and building houses on foundations. Amazing that the God of the universe would take simple stories that a five-year-old could understand and explain the Bible to us. And so this is my parable. Parable. It's my parable to you. It was so that we can understand the hearts of God. We can understand kingdom money. And so that we can understand the condition of our own hearts. Virtually every single statement in my parable is a scripture rewritten in plain English. Every one of them. I used 25 verses to write that letter. So we're going to go through them very quickly. Dimitri, we're going to pray for you. You ready to roll? Okay. Take a sip of water. And what I want you to do this week is, there's no life group, but I want you to go and check me. I want you to check me. Because we don't want to talk about money and finances and it seems like it's our great idea. Or that I've got this thing waxed. We're looking at the word of God. We're looking at the heart of the Father and the condition of our own heart. And so I'm going to go through these 25 scriptures. You can check me and, and I'll be accountable. If I've made a mistake, you can call me out. It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, another one bag, each according to his ability. My children have ability. I've entrusted it to them. John thirteen three, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In my story... God is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and we are the children. We are the servants. Romans 11:36: "For from him and through him and for him are all things. God the Father has given all things to the firstborn son. All belongs to Jesus. All of it, all of it. Everything you have belongs to Jesus. We're simply going to manage it for him and steward it for him, but there are conditions. It's incredible that he's entrusted it to us. And not only that, he's given, like my sons, to serve him in his kingdom. A unique mix of spiritual gift sets, every single person, so that we can serve him while stewarding what he's given us. It's incredible. Romans 12:6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Perfectly given by a perfect father to serve his kingdom, not your own. In fact, He has created, or better yet, He's actually woven our DNA together. It says in Psalm 139, it says that He has knitted us together in our mother's womb. He's made us fearfully and wonderfully. He's actually designed us to be of service to Him in all things that we do, including our money. In our relationships with one another, we have the same mindset. My children, if they work for me, should have the same mindset. In Philippians 2 verse 5, it says that we have the mind of Christ. We actually should have His mindset and think like He does and serve Him in the way that He does. God's Word commands us to take care of the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5, 22 and 23 says that this is the bride. It says that we are the bride of Christ. God's command is, you said, you've got to lay down your life for the bride. And that means from our income, from our blessing, from our financial blessing, our responsibility is to make sure the bride's taken care of. And if I'm an overprotective husband... You must imagine what Jesus is like with his bride. I'm like Drickus on steroids, more steroids than he already has with my wife. You can imagine what, what Jesus is like with his bride. And so our first responsibility with financial blessing, all that you earn, all that you're going to have in your life, your first responsibility is here. It's here. I don't earn a salary from this church, so I'm completely free. I can speak about money. But your first responsibility is here. The tithe comes here. And for those of you who debate whether it's 5% or 10%, it's 10. If you debate it, you're just stingy. It's 10%. Numbers, 18 verse 21, I give to all the Levites, all the tithes in Israel, as the inheritance in return for the work they do while serving at the tent of meeting. The men and women that serve here receive the benefit of the tithes for their work, for keeping the bride spiritually healthy, it's their responsibility. And if you think that's an Old Testament provision, then you can go to Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, I see you guys tithe, but you're neglecting mercy, faithfulness, and justice. And he said, actually, I don't want you neglecting either of them. You don't neglect the tithe, and you don't neglect mercy, faithfulness, and justice. So you pay the tithe, and you still make sure that you are looking after others. And if you consider that you should maybe keep the tithe for yourself, then you must go and read Malachi 3, verse 8 to 10. It says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Will you rob Him? You ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe, the whole 10% into the storehouse, that there may be food in this house, that there may be spiritual food in this house. And see, if I won't... Open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. And just a note there, it's spiritual blessing, not financial blessing. Sometimes we tithe and we're waiting for heaven to open and like you know, the lotto to get paid out. No, no, it's spiritual blessing. You get so much more by tithing. He unlocks you unlock spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And when God promises a return for our obedience, when it comes to finances, he means it. He means it. In Hebrews 6 verse 13, God says to Abraham, He says, He makes a promise to Abraham and He says, Since there was no one greater for Him to swore, He swore by Himself. That's why in my letter I swore by myself. I can't actually, but I'm quoting the Scripture. Jesus, God swore by Himself and He said, I will do this. And so Abraham waits patiently and it says, after waiting patiently, he received the promise. You can trust your heavenly Father. You have His Word. The harder for the Lord is for those in distress and need. So what you make, what you earn, make sure that you are providing for others in distress. In Leviticus twenty-two, twenty-three, it says that when you, when you harvest, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field. So you harvest in the center and you leave the corners of your square field for somebody else, for the poor, for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord, your God. You know, when you're content, it takes away the anxiety of money. It helps us just to be generous when we're content with what we have. Hebrews 13.5, keep your lives free from the money, from the love of money, and be content with what you had. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we release finances, when we release blessing to other people, we, have to, we just got to stop being anxious about it. You can lose the fear because he said, "I'm never gonna, never gonna leave you. I'm never gonna forsake you. I'm always gonna be there for you." Stop hoarding. We have too much. You want to know if you've got too much? Here's the test: Have you got two of everything? Open your cupboards. Have you got two? Stuff, eh? Especially the fashionistas out there. Stuff. It's tough. Stuff. It's tough. Have you got two? Luke 3, verse 11. John answered, Has anyone two shirts? Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Got two? It's one to match. Then there's the anti-Fenta trailer clause. Do not store for yourselves treasures in heaven, on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Matthew 6, verse 19. Rather store up treasures in heaven. Can't take it with us. Don't hoard it. If you don't need it, release it. If you've got two, it's too much. And here is God's uber generous deal. This is an insane deal. This is an insane deal. Proverbs nineteen, seventeen. Whoever is kind to the poor, lends to the Lord. Lends to the Lord. He will repay. He's even given it to you. And when you do something with it that blesses someone who's poor or destitute, he'll repay you for it. I'm going to tell you a story about that now. And He will reward them for what they have done. One of the things I discovered reading this and preparing this message was that God's heart is for widows. I'm actually partially terrified now of dealing with widows. Go and read the Scriptures. His heart is for single mothers and widows and the fatherless. Be especially kind to them. Be especially kind to them. James 1.27 the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Faultless is this: to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself being polluted from the world. We are so selfish that we forget to look after others. We don't know a father and don't have a husband because he's a father and he's a husband. Psalm sixty eight five. He's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. If you take on a, win- a widow, if you take on a widow, you'll have to answer to God. And He says, I'll defend them. I want to tell you, that's not a position I want to be in. I don't want to have God as my enemy. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy dwelling. Honey, I want to tell you as I prepared this that His heart is for you. And you are completely safe in his hands. You are completely safe in his hands. See, that's his heart. And then he says, "Will you be obedient to me? Do you love me? Because if you love me, John 14:15, you'll follow my commands. "If you love me, you'll do what I tell you to do. If you love me. So often, my children say, "Yes dad." And then they do the complete opposite. Sometimes I say, yes, Father, and do the complete opposite. If you love me, keep my commands. And enjoy His good gifts. This is not a sermon to make you feel guilty or condemned by what God has given you. Enjoy it. It says that every good thing comes from the Father of the heavenly light. He's a good Father. He wants you to enjoy it. But He doesn't want you to neglect the things that He's asking you to do. Because it all comes from Him. So enjoy your blessing, enjoy your resources, enjoy your salary, enjoy what you get, but don't neglect the things He has asked from you. Remember when it comes to generosity, God has a purpose in mind. The reason He wants us to be generous is that so we can lose the anxiety of not having enough, of, being, of, being, of, of self-preservation. Like if I don't give, if I give, I might not have enough for myself. He wants to rid us of that thing. And so those who haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, I, I used 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 9, you can put that up on the board in my preach. and I, t- I taught on the first 80% of that. I want to look at the last phrase in that today. I'm going to repeat it just for memory's sake. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and, who, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So I told my children, I don't want you giving out of a fear for me. I want you giving out of a sense of joy that you've received something you didn't earn. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. That's what I want to focus on. See, the second purpose of generosity is that we can abound in every good work. God will provide whatever you need so that we can abound in every good work. His heart is that he will provide what you need so that you can do something for someone else. It's like a river flowing. And so when we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly, which means we will have less to do. When you sow generously, you will reap generously and you will have more to do. That's how kingdom finances work. But he wants it to flow. He wants us to abound in every good work. And remember, when you do that, he'll regard it as if you're loaning money to him. It's like loaning money to the God of the universe, and he says, I will repay. So I want to tell you a quick story before I end, uh, but I'm going to ask two things from you. Number one, I don't want anything from anybody here, so please don't give me anything. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you're going to listen to the story. I don't need anything. I don't accept anything from anybody in the church. So I'm going to tell you a story. It's about money, but I need, it, I need you to understand that so you can understand the principle I'm about to teach you. That's number one. Number two, if you haven't been to church before or this is your first time or you've been somewhere else, you need to know we stand on this platform just so that you can see us and the, the word of God is elevated. We are not elevated people. So I'm going to tell you what I did. I don't need someone to say you're a good person or anything else. I'm not. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But I need to tell you the story so that you understand the principle. Everyone cool with the two provisions? Good. Thursday morning, I woke up at 25 to 6. My wife's away. It was an early start. And uh, I woke up to an SMS that said, Can I have your bank details? friend of mine. haven't seen him in a very long time. So I have an incredibly prideful heart. And so I struggled with it for about two hours. And then I sent him a voice note, and I said, can you tell me why you're looking for my bank details? So then he started off, and he said, actually, he's looking for my credit card details. He'd like to buy himself something nice. (laughs) So I said, you're wasting your time there. So he said, God has put me on his heart. He's not in this church. God has put me on his heart. And if I don't give him that, he won't be able to honor God in what God's asking him to do, and I'll be dishonoring God. So I said, okay, fine. He's clever like that. He's a sharp guy. (laughs) So I sent them through. and, um, And so I need to tell you what happened a few years before so you can understand how this relates to the Scripture. But a couple of years before, I had walked into him. He was a very successful businessman. And I walked into him on a Friday afternoon in one of the aisles in the spa. And he's got four children. And he had like a loaf of bread and a tin of something in his hands. And uh, when I chatted to him, his business had been liquidated and he was in massive trouble. And, and going from an incredibly wealthy man, he was now had a loaf of bread and a few things and, um, and he, was in, he was in trouble. And, and I can't remember the amount. It was so long ago. It wasn't much. I think I, think I gave him, I had like 1,300 rand in my wallet or 1,500, I don't know. It was minimal. It wasn't much. It's all I had. And I gave it to him. And he took it because he had to have it because he needed it. It wasn't even a discussion of like, oh, please don't. He was like... I'll take it. And, and we had like a bit of a tearful moment in the aisle and, and I left, I had to go back to work and, uh, and that was it. And subsequent to that, he, he closed his business, he managed to get this unbelievable job in, in this national company and then from that, he, he now works in an American company and financially he's been restored. And so I send him my bank details and then about 10 minutes later, this is on Thursday, I, I get a message to say that someone's deposited 10,000 rand in my bank account. So I phoned him. So I was a bit emotional, and he was a bit emotional. And he just said, God just gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. And I want to tell you that story because if you give to the poor, you lend to God, and he repays. That money, that money on Friday went out to a whole lot of other people. It didn't stay with us. We were able to do something with that, and it went outwards. Because God wants us to abound in every good work. All you need so that you can abound in those. That's my parable. The question is, how does your parable end? And how does my parable end? Because there's got to be an ending to the parable. And I'm not going to give the ending away. Can I call the worship team up, please? I'm going to give you two scriptures. I'd like you to write them down. You can read how the parable ends. See, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You can actually decide how this thing is going to end. Fortunately... We're halfway. For most of us, we're halfway. We've got a choice to make how we can see this thing through. And so if you're going to write these down for me, Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23. That's the first one. And the second one is Matthew 25:24 to 28. Don't put the scriptures up. We serve an incredible God. I run out of faith often. I lose heart often. If I'm totally honest with you, I'm sometimes completely amazed that God wants to call me His child and will bless me like He does. But He's taken me on a journey this week to show that I can trust Him and everything that He says so that I'm safe in His hands. And I want to encourage us to learn to walk in the things that He's got for us, including me, Not only will you witness the greatness of God, but His heart is for people who don't have a father and don't have a husband, people who are destitute without judgment because we sit here because we were beggars on the side of the road and He's called us His children. He gave everything for us while we didn't deserve it. That's the heart He's looking for. And so this year in 2024, in spite of current affairs, world affairs, economies, interest rate hikes, Field Price, he is God over all. And he says, I will provide all things at all times, having all you need so that you can abound in everything. So sow generously and you will reap generously. He's not a God that can be mocked. I'd love to just worship him um, to close out this service. I'm not going to ask you for anything. If you need prayer, we are up here in front. But I'd love to just worship God and just give him thanks for the incredible blessing that he's bestowed on us.